slow time longer than Arnie's American Cup Challenge, it's the Press Play on Tape Podcast, episode 29. So while I could go on to where we've been or what we've all been up to, I thought I might save that for the next episode when all the crew's back on board. So in this episode, I catch up with Jay Aldred for a bit of a post-mortem on Galencia, as well as a bit of a chatter over what we can expect from the sequel Chaosphere when it drops at some point soon. And because Jay's a pretty awesome bloke, He's given us three download keys for Glancia to give away. So how do you win? Simply listen to the interview and answer this question. In kilobytes, how much space does Jay say the C64 cartridge gives him to use? So to enter, head over to our website. We have one of those now, which is ppot.audio. Find the news post and you'll get the form to enter. Okay, I'll be back after our chat with Jay. So until then, here we go. Hello, hello. How are you doing there, Aaron? I, I am fantastic. Cold, but that's what it is at this time of year in Tassie. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad at all. Getting on with things. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, oh, it's good Good to hear. So, oh, look, I suppose it's been, what, nearly a good 10 months since we last chat, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to sort of catch up and you know, see how, how things with Glencia went and sort of what, what's going on with your new project, the, the sequel. So what we might do, though, before we get get to Chaosphere, I suppose I want a bit of curiosity here around, so with Galencia, I suppose a bit of a post-mortem on, you know, how, how was the reception for it? Absolutely amazing, really, exceeded all my expectations, you know, really well received, um, very good reviews across the board, um, it picked up a couple of Game of the Year awards, I got the uh, Reset 64 Game of the Year, and also um, Digitalk, which is one of the uh, most long-running disc magazines based in Germany. They awarded it the Game of the Year as well, so that's, that's really nice to hear. And um, it's had some pretty good reviews as well in um, like Retro Gamer magazine. I think it got 88% in there, and around that kind of figure, really, 80s, 90% there, and slight, slightly above that in some places. So, yeah, very positive reception, very good sales and um yeah it's been fantastic yep really good oh mate that's good because i think when we when we when we talked last it was last june actually um yeah you were just in the final throes of sort of pushing towards the um the digital release um so i think and at that stage you know you weren't i don't even think a physical release was even on the well even not so much on the cards but it was a long way away from sort of your, your thought process so i mean i suppose what 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 sort of made that push like where what was the tipping point to go I'm going to go physical with this. Um, pretty much from the sales, really, because it was a, a bit unknown, the uh, the modern C64 market, you know, whether it was going to sell 10 yep. copies, 50 copies, couple of hundred, you know, but once I broke the couple of hundred barrier with the digital sales and uh, there's still quite a lot of buzz about the game, you know, after uh, it had been released digitally, I thought I'd field it out there a little bit and um, just see if there was any publisher interest, um, and you know, on which there was. So uh, I started to work with uh, with Jacob in Germany at ProtoVision mm-hmm. and um, started to bring the, the physical version together, which was um, it was a lot of work, you know, because we've got all the packaging to design, um, all the feelies, as they're called, all the yeah. freebies that you get in the box <laughs> versions, etc. And, uh, you know, then all the, all the mastering to the different mediums as well, rather than just offering uh, the, the downloadable version. It has to be mastered to cassettes and written to cartridge and all these different things you know so there's quite a lot of extra work involved with it but yeah it was great 
Yeah, I think the uh, I think as you said though, the, the reception was absolutely overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean we we had it running at PAX. Um, sorry, the Penny Arcade Expo last year in Melbourne. Yeah, you know, the competition we had it got a lot of attention. Uh, you know, a lot of people both throughout the day. Um, you know, sat down and actually played it for quite a while. So it's something that, yeah, it uh, more than warranted. But um, so I might look, I'll be with that. It's been fantastic, yeah. actually. Do, do, just just today i've just been on twitter today and like this these guys who've um because reset 64 the magazine it's just um gone up for pre-order now protovision are actually distributing it in the uk uh well in europe i believe and um and people are buying galencia again you know that oh i've just put galencia in my basket um actually graham axton mm-hmm. uh, guy who wrote uh, bur essentials yes. another great commodore 64 game i've just been chatting to him now on twitter and uh, he, he's just picked it up you know, he's, he's not had the opportunity to, as us programmer types, usually busy doing mm-hmm. other things rather yep. than playing games. So, he's, you know, even now, there's still, still um, sales are still coming in and people are still picking it up for the first time. And it's just great, you know, it's just been, had such long legs and um, it's continuing to sell pretty steadily, really, even to today. Which is, you know, for a Commodore 64 game in the year of our Lord 2018 is pretty, pretty impressive. It, it is. I, I know people who've developed mobile games on their iOS and Android, and I, I've actually got 10 times more sales than, than some of the guys who've written on those platforms. So it's like, uh, it's it's very interesting market, you know? That That's, yeah, no, actually, that is very interesting. Geez, are, are we going to see a uh, iOS and Android port anytime soon? I've, well, I'm trying to build it up into a, a little bit of a brand, and um, I'm hoping that Chaos Sphere, with it, all its different elements, will will perhaps open a few doors for me and be more suitable for porting. Um, Glancy was great, and I'm really happy with how it came out, and don't have any regrets with it at all. But ultimately, it, it was you know just very much based on that um, Gallagher or Galaga, as you guys call it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, a, oh, I'm, a, I'm a Gallagher boy. Don't worry. Oh, you're a Gallagher boy, right? I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good oh. to hear. Because, um, well, the different aspects in, in Chaos Sphere, I think it will lend itself a little bit more to perhaps porting to um, mobile platforms, perhaps um, even the PC and Mac version. But I'll look at that once I get this yeah. completed on okay. the 64. Cool. We might, we might get to that a bit shortly. So before we yeah, sort of sure. shift onto that, I suppose the, the other side, I mean, look, from a programming aspect, I mean, what, what things like what tips or tricks or stuff did you actually learn like during the dev cycle of Glencia? Um, not an awful lot, really. You know, just very interesting to to see the new developments uh, tools that are available. Um, I didn't probably use the best tools available because I, I i wasn't well versed in what was out there i just basically picked one thought right okay i'll use this particular <laughs> environment yeah. and uh, and I, I became invested in it and then i was thinking more about the game rather than the tools and you know just concentrating on working the game and that was a mistake really i, I should have um, explored all the different options out there and there's much better assemblers than what i was using at the time etc so it was more of a tooling thing 
rather than um, a technique kind of thing there. But um, because it wasn't a straight conversion as well, you know, there's a lot of um, time putting into experimentation. You know, will this work? Will it work well on the Commodore 64? You know, how how, how, do, how do the sprites work with it? Because you, you've only got the eight sprites per line limitation, which um, when you're dealing with 30, 40 different objects on the screen, you know, you've got to be very careful about where you position things, etc. So um, a lot of learning from that and experimentation, but um, ultimately, like I say, I'm very, very happy with where, where it went, you know, the end result. Yeah, I think that definitely speaks for itself, doesn't it? Um, it um, okay, yes, yeah, so, I mean, would I mean, would have there been any or much difference, you think, if you had have spent the time like to go and look at some of the other assemblers and tools, or is that going to be more of like a workflow thing that just would have been a bit more efficient in how you did what you did? Yeah, I, I think I think it's... Main, two things really flexibility and um efficiency um at the moment i can build glencia in i'll just pick a figure let's say one second that's how long it takes me from pressing the key to actually be playing my code in, in the uh, vice emulator mm-hmm. previously it was probably 15 times that 15 seconds something like that maybe a little longer which is when you when you're making small changes and constantly rebuilding you know all that time mounts up and you end up getting distracted thinking oh, i'll just go and make a drink you know blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> oh so- you you know get moving away from the keyboard and you break your chain yeah. of thought and all these different things so so you've got that efficiency aspect but the um the other aspect as well is um the flexibility the I don't mean to speak bad of, of this particular assembler. It's called CBM PRG Studio. And that's the, the IDE, the environment that I wrote Galencia with. And it, it was great. You know, it worked well. I wrote Galencia with it. But it's very limited. It didn't have a very strong preprocessor. Um, you couldn't do an awful lot with it dynamically. Like, I, I like to use... Um, lots of different formulas when i'm building tables and routines and paths and that kind of thing and um the way that i did it with galencia was very very much pen and paper doing all my calculations there you know breaking out the calculator etc whereas with with a more advanced assembler like kick assembler as i'm using at the moment you can do it all within the assembly it's got a very strong pre-processor um it's javascript based and you can pretty much write almost anything you can in javascript in line in the assembler to generate things like paths and mathematical formulas you can get pretty complex with it really for a, for a commodore 64 anyway and that's made a world of difference for developing chaos sphere um i think if i'd have made that switch earlier Valencia could have been perhaps a little bit more ambitious than it actually turned out to be. Not that I feel it's lacking, it's just that perhaps with the time spent, I could have used that time a little better with the better tools. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's fair. I mean, you, I know, and originally as well, because you were, you mentioned like using Vice and stuff to do a lot of your work. Do you still predominantly just work with emulate like using the pcs the dev the dev platform and push it across to vice or have you have you actually got real hardware now to work with i i do have real hardware i have um, a powell commodore 64 um complete with the um 1541 ultimate 2 cartridge nice. and uh, yeah it's a, a absolutely incredible bit of kit there that was actually um given to me by a, a gift 
as a gift from a, from a fellow programmer who happened to have uh, a spare one. I had two of them. That's um, somebody called Roy Fielding or Roy Sterini, as he's called. Um, I definitely know the gentleman. So um, hi, Roy, do. if you're listening. Yeah, very, very generous of him, and it's something that's um, that's used uh, very often, you know, in my development situation. I don't build directly to the Commodore sixty four for for day to day programming. I do I use Vice, and then what I'll do probably once a day or once every couple of days, put the latest build on the USB stick, get it on the Commodore sixty four, just have a look at it, you know, make sure everything's working out fine. Um, I don't have a PAL, uh, sorry, an NTSC sixty for at the moment but that's something that i'm looking to get just so i can cover all bases really make sure that everything's fully tested on the on the most common hardware the pal and the ntsc best 64s no absolutely so of course i suppose yeah i mean shifting across you know towards chaos sphere so i mean the kickstarter sure. campaign was a smashing success i mean you, you yeah you did very really really yeah. well with that um i mean regrettably it probably dropped at the wrong time for me and i feel bad that i missed out backing it but that said you know it'll be a i'm definitely going to be in line myself to grab it when it hits but i mean the things i've seen like you're posting on twitter and what you mentioned before as well about like that that big shift in scope for the sequel what what i suppose the big one there is what what really made you decide to push ahead and, and work on a sequel rather than something completely different I, I was thinking about that. I, I was a little bit fatigued, to be honest with you, with shoots from up to, as as you would be with any genre after spending so many months working on something. And it's nice to have a change, you know, go in a different direction. Um, but in the end, I was thinking that Glencia's got a lot of uh, recognition now, and it is well well known, you know, within our small community. And um, I'm looking to the future, really, to, to build a brand and, and try and have it as, as something that people recognize. Oh, it's a Glencia game or, you know, a Glencia spin-off. It's going to be X, Y, Z. They're going to have a, a, a mental projection of, of what that actually means. And uh, I thought I would concentrate on that. Mm-hmm. And also, um, rather than... Just another shooter. I am aiming quite high with this. I'm being very ambitious with it. And, uh, you know, I, I want to offer people perhaps something that hasn't been seen before um, by making full use of the um, the cartridge systems that are available now. I mean, Galencia was on cartridge and it works fine, absolutely beautiful on cartridge, no problems at all. But it wasn't really designed as a cartridge-only game, whereas uh, Chaos Sphere is, which means I've got 512Ks worth of storage, which I can access almost Whoa. instantly from the cartridge, which is a lot of space for the Commodore 64. That's about that's over three sides of a 1541 disc that you might use. Um, you know, to have that instantly available does open a lot of doors for you, and um, the there's been some ambitious games out on cartridge already, but not necessarily shoot 'em ups and, and not in the way that I'm envisaging this turning out. So I think it will be quite unique and um, you know, it will offer something that hasn't really been seen before. Yeah. Oh look, I mean and you mentioned that, like you know, I mean you've got games like Sam's Journey's probably the single biggest one from the last six months yes, that exactly. really pushed yeah. the hardware and did a lot of stuff that you know the cartridge um, let them it, do. Yeah. Um, so I mean, but it, 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 even that game, it's um, 
it does it's brilliant on cartridge works fantastically on cartridge but it's also available on disc um which is you know it's not a bad thing at all it's fantastic that it is available on disc but i think if they'd have pushed a little harder and gone cartridge only they could too could have been perhaps a little bit more ambitious with it you know by um not having to consider the disc users mm-hmm. that's fair that's, that's fair and i mean i suppose given that chaos fear is is a massive departure from just the straight up Gallagher roots like you know it, it's gone from being a static single screen shooter to you know I think so far like your, your kickstarter page you know you, there's gyrus or gyrus depending on how you want to pronounce that um yeah you know, style levels you've got Xevious sort of scrolling you know xenon style vertical shooter maps there's on yep. foot walking around exploration stuff yep. yeah like it, it's 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 rather ambitious like you said I mean what I mean is that just largely yeah you've decided to go that way purely just on that let's do, let's deliver something that hasn't been done before or is it just be- yeah I, 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 well two things yeah that you're right there absolutely something that really hasn't been done before but also I, I want to create an environment where people can explore and play it in different ways for example um, if you if you want to go through the whole story mode where you've, you've got the on foot sections and um, and that kind of variety it, it will it's not going to be like a role playing game it won't be that deep but it will offer these kinds of various routes and conversations and dramas within the conversation depending how you perform and the decisions that you make in conversations etc so it will have aspects of that in there which is is something that's you know probably not really been linked to a shoot'em up before but that will mainly be revolving around the two main characters from from the original Glencia, uh, Amy and Ace the pilots and and the assistants and those roles will be interchangeable so you can play the male or female lead etc so that's something that I'm, I'm working on at the moment i haven't actually coded that much of it but i do have most of the graphics from Saul uh, for those sections um but really i'm, I'm concentrating on getting the, the core gameplay together um i mean the the vertical scrolling sections is is all complete now i've got all the uh, the technologies in place for that we're finalizing the maps and the, and the sprites for it putting together the the very long levels for that and uh, the gyrus section is is something that um i keep dipping in and out of i'll have a good mm-hmm. think about perhaps the the best way to approach a certain aspect like the star field or software sprites or whatever it might be and go back to that once i've i've mentally explored a few different options and techniques and and give it a go you know start writing the code and uh, make sure it's all fast enough because i want it to be silky smooth really and and glitch free of course um so we've got that aspect to it and then there will be a third aspect as well which will be more like a, a Gallagher 88 kind of static screen shoot em up so you'll have these um, three very distinct cores of shoot em ups uh, within the game all wrapped up together with this on the foot section if you like uh, as well and um, I want to give the player the, the different option of say okay we'll turn story mode off you know I, I, I don't really want that I just want some blasting and then I want to go through the game but i only want to play the vertical scrolling section i want that to be a possibility or i want to mix it up where i can play i can complete one vertical scrolling level 
have a look at the galaxy map and think, okay, I'll go for a Gyrus level next, or I'll go for a Gallagher 88 style level next. And those kind of options, building all that kind of flexibility. So the players pretty much, you know, they're, they're in control and uh, and can play the game that they, they, they want to within the limitations, you know. So that's the kind of approach that we're going for. That is definitely going large. So that sounds amazing. It's very ambitious, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be three three fully fledged projects rolled into one with a, with a lot of gloss, and uh, you know I've got some I've got some amazing guys working on bitmaps for me. You know some of the graphical input we've got. Soulcross, who's is well known throughout the industry, is um, if you have a look on CSDB and have a look at his profile, it's just staggering the amount of projects that he's worked on. Um, and he's the, he's the only artist who's going to be working on the background graphics, the tile graphics, okay. and the actual sprites. Um, now, the, the way that I'm working it is I'll put together my rough ideas, get them in the game, make sure they all work, and work out the number of animation cycles, and then I basically pass that on to Saul, said, there you go, that's my template and some rough graphics, and he will take over, and, and his direction will be uh, what what's seen in the final product. Yep. And then we I've got other artists as well working on things like introductory big maps. We've got the uh, the amazing artist uh, John Eggleton or John Egg as he's yes. known. Right. He's, um, I've I've released um, one of his uh, pictures so far to give people a taste of what's in store, but we've got plenty more that John's uh, kindly working on in the background there. Um, I've got the 3D modeling guys who've created the uh, the 3D um, actual models of the ships which we're using for a basis for john so what happens is um I, i've sketched out basically what i want the ships to look like just very rough liaising with the 3d guys they create the the 3d models for that so that'll come back to me um once that's approved and, and you're like i'm happy with it and it's going to fit in within mm-hmm. the, within the universe and not too ambitious to translate to a sprite i'll then move that three 3d model onto john John then creates the the dynamic pauses for the ships, and he will then um, work on that as a C64 bitmap. So we've got this level of consistency that's flowing through the projects, and um, everyone's working from the same kind of source material. So it's uh, for for a 64 game, you know, we're uh, we're pushing things a little bit, I think. Sound, oh, look, it definitely sounds it. I mean, you it definitely think justifies the the cartridge side of things as well. Uh, because yeah, I I can't imagine trying to run that off a single load disc or anything like that. It just it wouldn't happen. No. <laughs> no. So um, and I take it I can see um you've got um Pulsebot making a return as well for your music because I know that was a big part of what uh, made Galencia what it was was just that really thumping Sid soundtrack he had on there. So what um what sort of stuff has he got cooked up so far? Yeah, we've got um, I've got six tunes uh, fully submitted and approved, and they're ready to be dropped in once I get up to the the audio stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the unique thing that we're doing really with the audio this time is um, we're catering for both SID chips on there, so every Ooh. tune will have two variations on there, and. Um, uh, what, what I'll do, I'll try and auto-detect, which isn't always 100% reliable. There's no foolproof way of detecting every 
each chip in every environment sometimes the auto detect will pick the wrong one so we're going to allow the user to to select manually as well in the options um you know which version they, they would like and some people might prefer to to play the wrong version on the you know the opposite yep. version for the chip they've actually got in there just to have an experiment or they may prefer the sound so that's going to be a, a big change um and something it has been done before but it's um obviously it's, it's extra work and the flex of the cartridge allows us to be that bit more ambitious you know and do things like that um paul spot's absolutely loving it because he's uh you know he's got it's got a very very big scope now no limitations and um, he doesn't have to squeeze everything into a single lord which he did a fantastic job on galencia with you know so much music in there um it's a very musical game and all the sound effects etc but this will be even more ambitious for him so um he's got time on his side as well you know we're not really rushing it so he's got plenty of, of time to experiment with different mm-hmm. themes and uh, again we're just working together and um we've got some like there's going to be a a little bit of an egyptian theme running through the game um don't want to spill too much on it in the moment but there will be some egyptian theme musical pieces as well as graphics okay. and um you know, just just different things like that, really. Where he's, he's got a lot of flexibility, and uh, he has indicated to me that he wants to get his teeth into a, a bigger, more ambitious project. So I think that the the Kickstarter ended at a good time for him. He's got the time available, and uh, he's also in the right headspace. You know, he, he wants to do this. It's the right time for him. So very exciting. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, to hearing the full soundtrack. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So. I suppose with, I mean, given that the Kickstarter is well and truly done, I mean, is there going to be any opportunities for the people that missed out, like myself, um, to to grab some of the uh, sweet swag to throw in their sacks? Yeah, we're we're looking at, at that um, at the moment um, because obviously we've got the uh, the 3D model which we're we're bundling with the uh, as a Kickstarter exclusive, etc. And it's something that we're considering kicking up um, perhaps a little bit later, around about August time, where where we're going to give people uh, basically a last chance. You know, if if you would like the extras, we're we're, we're looking at being able to offer that out to people. So hopefully, yes, nothing concrete at the moment, but I think it's fairly likely that we will be doing that um probably run that for about a month or so to just give people the the last chance opportunity you know to to get in on that if they would like to and then um you know and then obviously it'll go to retail after that which will be um a similar but slightly yeah. different package different packaging and and different things actually um coming with the package you know different feelies if you like the extras yeah. uh, very very good so, cool uh mate, look this is it's all very exciting. It's uh, you know, the getting more games for the sixty four is always a good thing, and especially when they're at the, the level of you know what Glencia delivered. So, mate, look, it's uh, it is sounding like a fantastic project so far, and I'm been enjoying what keeping up on the updates because it's again like a you know almost modern day Zap developer diary sort of thing of you know here's the here's what the Jorah levels look like, or here's the the latest stuff you've been doing with the Starfield. So. I suppose to that end, where can people find you and more on this? 
Probably the, the best place for now is um, just on Twitter. And my Twitter handle is at Jason Napalm, which is just one word. And um, if you follow me on there, then um, I, I do have all the links in my bio, etc. I don't have a fully-fledged homepage for Chaosphere at the moment. It's mainly because I'm just trying to purely manage my time and concentrate just on the programming. Let's get, get the code done. And then we've, we've got plenty of time. I'm aiming for a, a November release for it so we can start the marketing perhaps uh, in a month or two's time something like that which is still you know that that's still going to give us five months before launch so uh, there'll be plenty of time lots of information going out there um, I do actually have a uh, Patreon page as well which uh, that, that also receives updates and ver- various um, GIFs etc of uh, snapshots of where the development's up to uh, if you just look for um, Jason Aldred on Patreon, you'll find me on there, and uh, you see that it's Galencia Chaosphere themed on there. But um, to be honest, I, I'm, like I say, I'm not really concentrating on, on promotion, on making a homepage, on, on any kind of centralised uh, thing at the moment. I don't have a development thread on any forum. I, I find that Twitter works very well for me. I can just get on there answer a few questions, interact with people very quickly, post up a few gifts. everyone knows what's going on, it's yeah. not a big drain on my time and resources, and I can get back straight back to programming, so that's the main reason behind it um, this time, where I am getting good feedback from people, um, but it's not like a, a development thread where you'll get very involved questions and tied up in long conversations, etc., which is just it's just a drain on resources and um, try, I just try to be yeah. community focused but ultimately you know um, if you spend too much time on that the programming will suffer you know so uh, need to balance the time really no, absolutely and look and I'll, and I'll make sure I'll um, pop all the uh, links to those those pages and that on in the show notes anyway so people won't have to look brilliant too far. thanks Aaron so um, yeah well look, any, anything else you want to add in closing before we wrap up um just speaking a little bit about the uh, the developer diaries that you mentioned there where it's a little like a development diary watching the uh, the twitter feed etc um the, there's the interview in the uh, new issue of reset 64 which is just up for pre-order now on um, protovision's website and also i'm working with um, another fanzine um, working with Vinny mm-hmm. from uh, freeze um, magazine and uh, he's just asked me basically to do exactly what you've just mentioned which is a development diary over a few different issues so i'm just starting work on that for him where i can uh, just give a little bit more information and perhaps share some exclusive screenshots shots with him um of, of where things are going on a month-by-month basis so there are a couple of things you can perhaps look out for if you're interested uh, definitely and I, as, as always yeah i'll make sure they all get in the show notes because both um yeah vinnie's work with um freeze and reset of course we, we love uncle k and the guys so yeah they yeah, do some awesome work for the community all around so excellent well Jay, appreciate your time mate it's um all the best with chaos sphere and yeah we look forward to um maybe hearing back once once things are done and seeing the finished product absolutely no problem at all nice mate cheers thank you thanks for having me aaron thank you Bye. so there we have it thanks again to jay for giving up his time to come have a chat what'd you think make sure to check out the show notes for the links to all the cool stuff we mentioned as well as our website at ppot.audio to enter the competition but before i go couple quick shout outs that are definitely long overdue i mean 
Bartronica, as always, for their sponsorship and helping make this possible. Cyrock, thanks heaps for helping the website up, dude. It looks great. Just sorry it's taken this long to get the ball rolling. Chris Van Grass, my day would be boring without the dank memes to keep me occupied. Thanks, dude. Cape and Kong for the subtle and not so subtle reminders that we haven't done an episode for a while. And all of our listeners have been patient while we've had a break. We're back and it's all systems go. But last but not least, the PPOT crew. Damien, Tony, you lads rock. I'm looking forward to getting the band back together next episode. Oh, and before I forget, the PPOT hardware guy. You know who you are, even if you don't listen to the show. All right, AC out. <laughs>